Right, hello, this is Steve from Retroman Block, and for this special edition of Retro Sonic Podcast, I'm really pleased to say that I'm joined by Damien O'Neill, guitarist uh, with the Undertones, that Petrol Emotion, the Everlasting Year, and most recently, the Monotones. Welcome, Damien. You're very welcome, Steve. How are you? Oh, very well, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> seeing me today. So, I thought we'd take this opportunity to concentrate on your brand new solo album. I suppose it's a solo album, isn't it? Although you're, you're going under the name of the Monotones. Yeah, I was originally going to... Just do it as Damien O'Neill, and then I don't know. Somebody, somebody suggested you should. That was it. My good friend Brian O'Neill, no relation by the way, <laughs> uh, very good friend of mine, known for years since the early Petals days. Um, Brian <coughs> suggested I should go under a different moniker, yeah. um, and I agreed with him because um, it just it's on about you know solo album by Damien O'Neill. It's kind of a little bit of I think back the seventies and the prog rock. Yeah, you know, Ronnie would like. I've got my own album to do or something. Right, yeah, like the Kiss. Remember, right? remember the Kiss, the four albums. One each one had to do. Even the drummer had to do his solo album. <laughs> Peter, Chris, or something. Yeah. So I thought it'd be good to come up with a, a different under a different guys. Yeah. So I thought to, uh, I came up with monotones because it mm. makes obviously play on the undertones. Yeah. Right. Because um, as I mentioned earlier to you, um, your listeners would know that, but. A few years ago, back about five, six years ago, actually even longer, uh, me, my brother John and Paul McLuhan from the Undertones did a, a little mini tour in Holland, yeah. doing covers and stuff, and we went under the guise as, as the semitones. So Ken, I thought, well, because I'm doing it on my own, recurring theme, it's got to be the monotones. <laughs> yeah. David O'Neill and the monotones, it's got a nice ring to it. But is it actually a solo project, or is it? A, is there a band behind? Well, it? it's kind of more of a sol- solo project. Although, obviously, in the studio, there's I've used some different musicians, um, yeah. especially Dave Hattie, who plays drums. He's mm. he's on it more or less virtually every track. Plus, he plays piano as well. But and then I got um, again. I use my friends, uh, Brendan Kelly from Everlasting Year, Pet, that Petrol Motion, is on two tracks that we did way back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everlasting, Everlasting Breath, I did, we did the Petrols actually covered that. We sort of we did record it for for their, our last record, but mm-hmm. it, can't, it never made it on the record. And then it, we, I think it was a bonus. The demo version was a bonus track on us on the CD. Okay, um, yeah. it came out. Reissued, whatever. Yeah, uh, but I was never happy with it. You know, it could, mm. obviously it was just a demo. We've touched on this now that the new album is a, is sort of a mix of some old songs yeah. that you've written, some uh, you know unfinished songs, maybe or yeah. tracks that didn't quite make it. But they're all songs that you've been involved with or written yourself. Yeah, everything I wrote everything except for um, the Love Parade. I co-wrote with Mickey Bradley. Okay, back yeah. in the Undertones days. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason why do the Love Parade, for instance? Um, I was never happy actually with the Undertones version that's on Center Pride. It's a wee bit overblown, overcooked actually, because it's got strings and yeah. Daryl backing vocals. Yeah. And I always loved that song. And just a few years ago, I see basically that song, people probably don't know this, but uh, back in 1982, I think we wrote that song, me and Mickey, and it was done. We had ex- at the time, 1982, the Undertones weren't doing much. We, first, we didn't tour, in fact, all year. We kind of like had a year off. So me and Mickey were bored. So we had a kind of spoof 60s band called the Wesleys. Do covers of 60, of mostly of from Lenny Kay's Nuggets. Album. Oh, right. 
Do you know the Dam did that with Naz Nomad and the Nightmares? Oh, really? You, you track, you, they've got a great oh, album called it. Give Daddy the Knife, Cindy, or something. But oh. check it. But it's like a, a spoof 60s psychedelic soundtrack. Oh, right. And they play all these tracks, like Action Woman or, or the great I Had Too Much to Dream Last Night. Oh, right. Brilliant. But it's a similar thing. That's oh, interesting. Really? I never yeah, knew yeah. that, you know. <laughs> Legendary Wesley from Derry. Um, <laughs> Well, basically, basically, it was me. I was Leslie Wesley on because I was. <laughs> I didn't play guitar; I played keyboards. Okay. I had my 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 Korg yeah. CX three, whatever, up, which I still have upstairs. So I was playing keyboards. Um, you had, <laughs> Elvis Wesley on drums, which was Kieran McLaughlin. Okay, Kieran McLaughlin was on drums. Elvis Wesley and Mickey Bradley was Wesley Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> on bass and vocals oh, so we all sang actually but yeah. Mickey was doing the lead vocals so it was basically mostly all mostly from uh, songs from Nug- that Nuggets compilation the first one yeah. and then, but we also wrote The Love Parade just for the Wesleys because oh, we thought it would be great okay. to do an original song yeah. um, so there, there, we only did three shows I think maybe four live live shows t- two, in, two at this bar called Mason's and then maybe one or two at the Orchard Gallery but I, fortunately, being the archivist, I taped with dodgy cassette player, or whatever. I taped the Wesleys, the first two or three concerts, <laughs> and I've got this amazing, great version of us doing the Love Parade. I think it may be at the Archer Gallery. It's the only recording of the Wesleys doing the Love Parade. It's called the Love Parade. <laughs> Much better, much better than the Undertones version. So I thought, right, I'm going to do it like that. Yeah. It's much faster. Yeah, um, it's just more sixties kind of. Oh yeah, to it. I mean, it's interesting you say that because I mean, when I was listening to the album, I was you know over the past few days, and I've just said you know it's a great garage rock version of the Undertones. Yeah, you know, and that's, it is. That's what comes across, and I think great. That, and now I now I understand why you've got that sixties garage rock sound. You know, but I think it's a good point because I, I as a fan of the Undertones. Personally, you know, I think that the last couple of albums, which not just the undertones, but there was a lot of albums like Aztec Camera for me. I can't listen to a lot of their albums in the eighties because there's just the production and yeah. the sound and everything Bloody is the the drums that whole drum sound the reverb and the reverb and maybe the undertones. Did you think they suffered from that a little bit? Oh, then, definitely, you know? especially Son of Pride. The 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 kitchen sink productions and it's. I mean, it was. You could see we were desperate to try and get a hit and we were just throwing everything on it. Mm. Strings, back and vocals. Yeah. All totally unnecessary now in yeah. hindsight. But back then, we, you know, we were desperate. We really were desperate because we, we really did need a hit because we just signed yeah. EMI for a lot of money. And um, So yeah, Love Parade suffered from it, I think. Because even though it was a lovely, the strings are really good on it actually. Mm. On Love Parade, because I I remember coming up with the actual riff, but it's it takes away from the song. It's getting yes. in the way, 
and then there's all these Gerald Backer vocals as well. So it's too cluttered. Yeah. And the whole album's too yeah. cluttered, actually. Well, I mean, that's, as I said, it's, it's a great. It's a great opener. It's a great garage rock. Yeah, 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 I think it's a great opener for the record as well. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear Damien O'Neill and the monotone version of The Love Parade. familiar to me um, but it was a new undertones track yeah. so you, you've instead of going back to more of the, what people would say the classic undertone because a lot of people will probably not know that the undertones released two great albums since Fergal left since you got back together mm-hmm. great records you know and again so you are writing new material yeah um, it's really kept important. in current you yeah, know yeah. you haven't just been doing no. the hits you know yeah. but there's been a bit of a gap I suppose because of the yeah, 40th it was anniversary quite a long year. gap but then we did uh, two years 2014 I think 15 we um, put out a record store day single called Much mm. Too Late was the A-side which I wrote it came out okay but I again I was just a bit disappointed with it and because it was my song I thought I want to do it the way it was originally envisaged in my head or on demo or whatever when I did in Garage yeah. Band and my yeah. Apple Mac so I decided to re-record it and uh, I think this, the Monotose version, is the way it should have been. You had it in your way. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's better. It's definitely more poppy. Yeah. It's more kind of rockabilly, actually. It's kind of more like Holly Golightly yeah. as well. So I was listening yeah. to a lot of that kind of stuff back yeah. back then. So, yeah. yeah. So I think it's better. I personally think it's better. <laughs> yeah. But Undertones fans might disagree. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the last Undertones record I bought because it was a record sold day single. So that was the last single yeah. you... You've recorded, because like, but are you going to plan to write any more new material? Do you think we keep talking about it? Um, we're long overdue. Yeah. Well, now that there's there might be a bit of a, a bit of a gap this year, maybe hmm. that's a good opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear your version of um, "Much Too Late."
As I said, I mean, I've been looking at this, doing my own little quick reviews of it, and I mean, I've got here like you've gone from from glam rock, you know, yeah. you've got like uh, you know, you've got the I put Johnny Cash, you know, I've got Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus, you know, oh, right. someone <laughs> like you, a little bit rock. Oh, like, oh really? Yeah. Stripped back. Sort oh, that's cool. That's you know, cool. and then yeah. I've got Brian Wilson, the High Llamas. Yeah, got, yeah, High Llamas, obviously, because Sean, you know, well, Sean, Sean O'Hagan plays. Mm. He enhances a couple of songs, actually. Everlasting Breath. He's yeah. nice. It's really subtle, but he, you know, he just done, he's done a little piano yeah, thing yeah. on it, and it, and he helped. He made up a back and vocal part mm. at the end, and it just transformed the song really well. Yeah, and um, he's he plays organ on my favorite track, which is Mundane Dream. Mm. A little bit of um, just a little bit of kind of weird yes. thing out of the blue, which kind of yeah. like wow, where where that come from? Yeah. And that's what yeah. really makes it, you know. Yeah. Well, I think with um, with Everlasting Breath, you know, I thought, as I said, it's just got this lovely Brian Wilson feel. And, I, yeah. and it's interesting, because I, I thought, I've written down here, is it a theremin you've used, or a musical saw? No, it's, saw? it's a musical saw. <laughs> it isn't. And that's... that's because I've seen the High Lamas do that with a, with a saw, and right. a guy playing the saw with the, with the violin. Yeah, that, well, that's... And I thought, and I couldn't figure out, is it a theremin on it, or is it a... Well, it's probably the same guy, Kev Hopper. Oh, okay. Uh, again, that was recorded back in the nineties on on my old day that tip. So I just transferred it over. So Kev did that back in nineties. Oh, so that's one of the. So that's from the original. Yep. Everlasting breath that you did yeah. way back. Oh, I see. Okay. It's for the well, not the yeah. Petrol's version, but the, but the original my, my yeah, version of version. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just transferred it over. But yeah, it's a musical song. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know I haven't often said this before, but here's everlasting breath um, featuring a musical song. <laughs> Dark blue, the clouds from blue to gray. Siphoning dreams and words of clay. Don't cry now, you say. Challenging rounds that cleanse my soul 
That's a beautiful song. I, you know, I, I love that song. Yeah. You know, so I just, I, I think it was great. And then uh, other things that I've picked up on, you know, I've got here, you know, there's a lot. I said Brian Wilson pops up yeah. quite a bit, sort of pet sounds and, uh, you know, and then there's a lot of um, TV movie soundtracks with a feeling on yeah. it. You know, and then you've got like, again, the good old rockers and I've even got Shangri-La's Jesus and Mary Chain Ramones, Just Want to Be With You, like that. Just Want to Be With You. The harmony sort of thing. That yeah. That's some um, song, isn't it? That, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure about even including that on the record then I thought god yeah it's really good well, it's just it's a great it's, song, good, you know, it's a very poppy chorus yeah, the chorus yeah. and the ooh is a shagwalaz kind of thing and
uh, you can hear the Mary Chain obviously on Nomark, um, which yeah. is a pedal song that we did yeah. back in Chemicracy. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to redo that song again because mm. I really <laughs> hate, I hate the pedals version. Oh, really? Oh, God, I really hate it. That was a song that you wrote? A song I wrote, for, and it's on Chemicracy, the fourth record mm. of that pedal motion. And I just, oh, God, it's 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 really horrible because it's so... It's complete. Means basically, what happened was I listened to the four-track demo of it that back in nineteen eighty-eight or eighty-nine when I wrote it, and it's so much better. So yeah. this version on the Monotones record is kind of kind of similar to the the original four-track version. It's much slower. Yeah, slowed down because the pedals version is just speeded up five times by five or whatever. Yeah, because you've you've sort of dragged it back into this really back slow, to, yeah, nice sort of. It's, it was always more you know. like a Mary Jesus and the Mary Chain mm, influence mm, thing. Mm. Um, maybe a bit too much actually, but but the pedals version is completely a different somewhere yeah. else, you know. And yeah. it's also got these samples coming in, in and out of it on Came Crazy, which I don't like. And, yeah, you know, it, at the time it was. It was sort of its moment, and yeah. it just sounds dated now. Yeah. So no, I, ha- I had to redo that one. That was important. It's interesting that you've taken some of these songs and that you said you've not been happy with them, maybe in the and you've redone them. So, I mean, how, where do you draw the line on that? I mean, how, how, yeah, how, I know because you're you listening back to you something. Could, you, there's there's, there's going to be well, things. That, I mean, if, even if when you're writing something, you look yeah, back and you want to no, well, them. that's it. No, I'm not going to do that again. I think hmm. there was yeah, everlasting breath deserved to be put out properly. It was hmm. it was like I say, it was only on a demo. And actually, there was a, there's another version I did with a different project called Xfil D's. Um, oh, I did 
check a little bit okay. about it, but it's very difficult. That's more of a uh, was it with the French show? Um, yeah, it was a French label. Yeah, and uh, English singer, girl singer actually, mm. who had a really lovely voice. Mm. She, we did a version of Everlasting Breath as well. We used a lot of the same tapes, the mm. ADAT tape that's on the monotones, mm. but it's the producer, French guy Xavier. He kind of mm. put drum machines on it, and it's more of a very nineties kind of trip hoppy feel, mm. which was okay at the time, but. St- I still thought I could do this yeah. better, but he he was uh, more of a soundtrack sort of um, yeah yeah Xavier Jamo yeah Xavier Jamo. It's interesting because some of your uh, solo releases before the, yep. when you when you first did your first solo releases were quite sort of ambient yeah soundtrack based. So tri- I said I mentioned trip hop. Tri- yeah, well, uh, obviously I did this record on pop tones. You probably yes. know, yeah. uh, quite revolution, yeah. Yeah. and that's. Kind of film soundtracky mm. using samples. I was mm. really into all that back then. Yeah, um, and I had an EP out before that, a couple of years before that, on another French label actually mm. uh, called Artifact. An EP was called No Flies and Frank, mm-hmm. and it was kind of experimental uh, f- sampled music. Yeah, but was that sort of um, for soundtrack, or was it just purely just ambient that you were into the ambient yeah, music scene? Yeah, totally the time? at the time. Yeah. However, funny enough, one of the one yeah. of the tracks got used, got picked up, and was used on um, much to my uh, surprise, was used on a, a film version of Hamlet, oh, really? uh, but but a good big budget one yeah. version um, with Ethan Hawke. Oh right, yeah. you know, big stars in it. Yeah, um, you know, and I did all right on that actually yeah. for a few years. I got some money from Rosies. Oh, it was great. Was great. Yeah. I don't know where they heard it, but they, yeah. they used it, so it was great. find a lot of these records now are really difficult to track down you know to, to get yeah them. well if you, yeah the artifact one the, the the no flies in frank i don't know if you can still get that yeah. the quiet revolution you can get that in bargain basements <laughs> girls and boys <laughs> well you can actually get you can, you can get it on amazon yeah going for about four pounds three pounds or whatever or even cheaper than that second hand copies probably 60p <laughs> Because recently I ordered a whole lot of them. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, because I just wanted it. Okay, I might have to buy them later because I couldn't find one. But that was... Um, do you, how do you think that went down? Because I think were people expecting... No, no, I think it surprised... More of a sort of yeah, more punk... And... I think it surprised people. That's why it never sold. <laughs> but how about Alan McGee? I mean, did he when he signed you... Because this, this was put out on Pop Tone. Yeah, Pop Tones, yeah. So... I mean, did he? Do you know what he was getting when he signed you? Yeah, yeah. No, I think he, he really liked the it. Project at the time. Yeah, fair play to Alan. He, he's, he, you know, he took a chance. Mm. Um, it was his new label, obviously. So he had, he had, he did have money. You know, a bit of money. To, um, yeah, I, uh, I always liked Alan. You know, I met him over the years, the Petrol's days. And um, yeah, he's he. I just thought, well, yeah, I'll put it in his label because he was you see, at the time. I really needed money, and those days you could still get a quite decent advance. Yeah, so I got a decent advance. It was good. 
what I would probably be expecting if I was saying when you were going to release a, a solo project was the, the Trapped in a Cage single which was, yes. again that was more again as an undertones fan that we, yeah. we would expect that yes. but again it was still a great great record you know oh, thank it? you yeah. and, and that, that was I mean, we touched on that a little bit in, in the, in the, the last year, yeah. podcast you know but yeah. I mean this this was a great record and again I don't, it, it sort of it was a limited edition wasn't it so it didn't really well get... I don't know it was I think it, I think it pressed up 500 yeah um, and again it was a small Overground Records John Esplin from Overground lovely lovely guy actually just so honest and so just nice. great dealing with him but you know he limited resources so you know it wasn't going to get that's a real punk label isn't it I mean, very they, punk they actually yeah like, a lot of Anaco punk <laughs> bands and like I'm, I'm Subway so, Sects they did and they've got I'm, I'm still surprised he, he agreed to put it out because it's yeah. very poppy for that label yeah, yeah. but I think he's, he's just a big Undertones fan and he, yeah, he wanted yeah. to do it and nothing but praises for the guy it was great it's a great label actually you know. very good label yeah. I even considered using them for this Melotones oh, okay. record yeah. and then I thought maybe this time I'll, I'll do it myself I see a young man trapped in a cage I see a heart that pumps with rage They say drop it, bring him down They say smile and made him frown He's a time bomb that needs to explode It's rushing through all in time to Okay, was that done for a, a, a play or a musical? Yeah, it or was. was it a... Yeah, it was a play, um, kind of musical play, mm. uh, called um, Reenergize, mm. uh, which was only it was only performed in Derry and Belfast. And basically, the, the, the script was written by this playwright called Gary Mitchell, Belfast mm. playwright. It was just about it was a bunch it was about a bunch of these old punks who had a band back back in the seventies, late seventies, and split up, and then. Decided to reform the band again in the present sounds, day. Sounds and, very familiar. Yeah, no, it does. Remind you of anybody? Was it, was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only it was based in Belfast, and these oh, not the band, just, they just moved everything to Belfast. Yeah, the, yeah, but the this, O'Reilly brothers was it? And, no, and, uh, no, no, they were um, 
It wasn't brothers, there, no siblings involved. <laughs> but the band, they were, they were, they had fallen in hard times, and things weren't going well for them. And, and yeah, it was very gritty, gritty play actually, you know, and very working class and all that. So, um, so yeah, the guy Gary, had, Gary Mitchell, he want, he basically got in touch with me and John to write songs for the play. So we 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 knocked them out about really quickly. It was a bit of a challenge actually, but it was really great, really enjoyable. Yeah. I think we did about eight songs, and out of those eight, I narrowed it down to four. And then I recorded actually four or five at Presby Studios, and then I went, okay, I'll pick the best two here for the for the single, which is those two. Because I was wondering what if it was a soundtrack, what happened to those other songs? Then? Oh, I yeah. still have them actually. They're still and they're unreco- unreleased. And- unreleased. And yeah. in fact, there's one one of the tracks is great. Energy. It's called Energy, which is one of the songs we had right, uh, and it was it was co-written actually with me and John, because most of the other ones were actually either written by John or written by me. But the energy was co-written, and that's the reason why I really like it because it's got a great chorus. So that will probably see the light of day some oh, sometime okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I wonder, I, I, just the two tracks made it, you mm-hmm. know. But um, oh, it's, it's a great record. And you, um, we touched on the new album that you're releasing this on the on a pledge music campaign. Yeah. And one of the different options is you can actually order a copy of the single, the, the single "Trapped in a Cage," which I've done. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great double, double, well, double A side, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's a good Because, it, you know, you know mm. funny enough, when it came out, and I, I had a sort of thing, well, actually, before it even came out, I actually thought the A side should be Love Makes the World Go Round, which is the, mm. turned out to be the B side, because that's a much more poppy, buzzcocks kind of song. When you fall in love, then you have to hold on tight. You know it's not always gonna be sweetness and light You're gonna have to roll up your sleeves and fight Or lose it and be on your own at night Well they say it's always better to have loved and lost Than to realise that you have never loved at all Got lovely yeah, guitar, yeah, really, it is really like nice. A, a song, and, then, and then I said, "Well, Trap the Cage is more interesting." But then yeah. hindsight, maybe I should have. Maybe it should be a double A side. Maybe. Well, I, I think if it is a double A side, I just think both songs are interchangeable. They're yeah. both they're both excellent. They are they are different, you know. But I think they've got that, that more that punk energy, which probably fans of the Undertones would have expected you to it, come up with. It definitely it, so. went down well with Undertones fans. Mm. That that's and again, it, it's all stepping stone. It really gave me encouragement to then and confidence mm. to then. Do the monotones record because I thought, yeah. well, if they like that, then I could do do more of this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with confidence for songwriting, I was I was was wondering, you know, how if you think about going back to the undertones. I know we don't want to dwell on the undertones too much because no, you sorry, them, but, but the first, <laughs> hate them, hate them. Yeah, you probably had enough of the forty years. <laughs> but you, the first two albums kicked off with two of your self pen songs, yes. both side A and 
That's right. Track one. And, yeah, Family uh, Entertainment and more songs, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that must have given you a lot of confidence that, you know... I, it did, actually, funny enough. Because uh, as a band, you know, they, they, they surely the strongest, yes, strongest songs are going to go yeah. on the top, so you, you must have been quite pleased. I was really pleased with Family Entertainment, because actually that was the very first song I ever wrote on my own. I co-wrote a few songs before that with, with mm. John and Mickey, but mm. it was the very first song I ever wrote. So having that as the first track on the debut record, the yes. BLP, was like, I was yeah, very good. pleased. And, and in fact, that was even considered to be a single for a while, uh, just around, then Jimmy Jimmy got it or something instead, which is understandable. It, but it seems like a single, doesn't it? It's one of those yeah. songs that you always imagine it was released it's, as a single. Yeah, it probably isn't really. No. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was a candidate for a while because yeah. it's got that lovely, yeah. again, that's a beautiful guitar. Yeah twin guitar thing going on with me and John that's why, why that song's so good was that the first song you went to with them as a band yeah or did you literally go to the rehearsal room and say yeah probably hey, let's play this. crapping myself <laughs> you know was, will they hate this <laughs> yeah. so I've, you know I can't, I can't remember then I can't remember showing them family entertainment although mm. I do because I'm the archivist I do have <laughs> tapes I do have a t- cassette tape of me coming up with a riff actually you know yeah um but that's again back to that thing uh, with the monotones. At the v- I don't know if you noticed at the very end of the of the record. Yeah, there's. Um, I noticed it. I was you're probably going to ask me about this. I, I, yes, because it was it's it is interesting because I you know I thought at the end of it you know you got the little outtake of it's going to happen. Um, that's that. that's for the undertones fans, of course. Um, uh, yeah, I just don't know why. I just thought it'd be a nice little thing to put on the very end of the record. Me, it's me showing basically what it is, boys and girls. It's uh, me showing it's going to happen, the chords, and me sing, sing, sort of humming it to to Mickey, John and Billy. Fergal's not there for some reason, I don't think he is anyway. Up in our bedroom in the pit in Beechwood Avenue back in 81 for the very first okay. time. For the very first oh, time. That's interesting because yeah. I thought it was something that you'd done for this session that, that was just recorded that oh, you'd no. done. No, so the know. people in the background, that's Mickey, oh, okay. uh, Billy and John talking. Fantastic. Oh, great. You know, because I thought, oh, this is a little teaser. Is he going to do another? No, another oh, no, no volume that's, two and that. That's you know. genuinely from 1981. Oh, fantastic. That's, oh, that's a really good yeah. bonus. Well, there you go. There you go. So even don't, more don't turn to, it off before the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you will turn it off before the end, but make sure you listen all the way to the end. You know. Some of the best bits are at the end of a record. Exactly. I but I think, oh, that's that's interesting, actually. Yeah, because I was just thinking about that. I thought, oh god, what's that? You know, is it is this something from one of the sessions you've done at Press Play Studios or something? Nope. For the album, you know. Ah, okay, interesting. So, I mean, let's. Um, Let's go to the new album, and as we said about this Pledge Music um, site, which um, I'll mention at the end, obviously, and we'll all mm-hmm. plug it on the blog, but it's www.pledgemusic.com forward slash projects forward slash Damien O'Neill, and this is where you can order the album, and there's various bundles and packages, yeah. and what is it, you get to spend a weekend with you on the Isle of Wight or something, <laughs> isn't it? There's one thing, or yeah, um, yeah. there's different singles and... Oh, it's on vinyl, isn't it? And it's on vinyl. It's on CD vinyl download. Um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Don't get too excited. Um, you're not having that curry with me, and I'm not going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to do any guitar lessons. Oh no, because you did that once, didn't you? Yeah, basically, ever <laughs> with every lesson, yeah, when we did the same thing with Pledge, we had loads yeah. of goodies, and that was guitar lessons. Yeah, and curries and whatever. Um, because and, and the other reason they made with every lesson, yeah, we needed we kind of had a target figure to reach. Mm. So you have to kind of do more goodies and stuff. Whereas um, I decided not to do that. Mm. You know, I thought 
reason you have to reach a certain target, it, you have to sell yourself more, and it's yeah. harder to do. So, but I think it seemed to reach. I, I didn't know I was going to ask you about these things like targets, but it seemed to be out pretty quickly from when you did the. So some of these pledge music things go on for ages, you know. But yeah, well, it I see. Ever, ever lesson you had did great. I mean, yeah. thanks to Raymond, really, Raymond mm-hmm. Delbo, the whole thing. Um, yeah, we we reached our target within. I don't know, a month or two months or something like that. And, yeah. and over, we yeah. got extra money, so it was brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a good idea. I think it's, a, it's probably the way to go now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A lot of bands do that. Yeah. Um, but I thought I should use Pledge just for the pre-sale thing anyway, and also because they've got such a big, wide network, mm. people here can reach them, they'll be able to say, oh, look, if you're like the Undertones, then Dave O'Neill from the Undertones has got this record out, you, mm. you can pre-order it. Yeah. And it's done really because of, it's sort of so far so good, you know. I've, I've, I'm doing really well, and um, a lot of people have pledged who I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, it's through pledge music well, sites, I, which is great. Yeah, but I, it's good. And I think you've also one of the um, little bonus features is you've released a video yeah. of um, sweet and sour. Really good track on the album, sweet and sour. But yeah, I did that video um, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, down in St yeah. Leonard's. Well, this, this touches back on when you mentioned about Jesus and Mary Chain, because yeah. Douglas Hart was Douglas Hart directing directed it. Yeah. Lovely guy, Douglas. Mm. Um, I kind of know Douglas over the years, you know, just, just to say hello to him and stuff, and he was always sweet. But, of course, you know, back in the heyday, <laughs> in the Jesus and Mary Chain, that part of motion days, we can't, our paths crossed, but... And I was talking to Douglas about this recently. We would never really talk to each other, because we always... We were both kind of shy... Both bands were quite shy. And we always thought the others were too arrogant. And we always <laughs> yeah. thought the Mary team were really arrogant and didn't <laughs> yeah. want to talk to us. And vice, yeah. apparently vice versa. Yeah. Douglas said, oh, we thought you were really arrogant. Yeah. Didn't want to talk to us. Yeah. God, there you go. <laughs> well, that's but a musician, isn't it? You know, typical. That's terrible. Yeah. But no, it was great. Great to hang out with him and get to know him a bit more mm. recently. Well, I think we should hear it. I mean, um, and hopefully people can go on the Pledge Music site and it's a good reason to, to pledge because you get to see the great video and it's an, it's an excellent video. It's all really strangely... You did it in some tunnel yeah. With, yeah. with neon lights. Neon lights. Things, There's yeah. this light exhibition that's on. It's only on Fridays, apparently, at about half five. It goes on for mm-hmm. about half an hour or something or an hour. And it's, yeah, it's the promenade between St. Leonard's and Hastings. Yeah. And it, that's it. Then after half an hour, six o'clock, it stops. Oh, so yeah, we we yeah. we went down and guerrilla filming and guerrilla filming as quick yeah, as we could. Yeah, and uh, but it was freezing cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, if you watched the video, you could see me probably yeah, see me of... turning blue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the neon lights. <laughs> but this is probably one of my favourite tracks on it. Oh, great. And let's hear it. This is um, Sweet and Sour. The long line in Superior kind, dress neat, long hair. Why worry when you don't care? You always keep an eye on me, yeah. You always dream a lie on me, yeah. 
So there's quite a few sort of lovely instrumental mm. passages on, on the album as well. So you've not been afraid to put in... No, uh, that, that's those. important because, uh, you know, I always love instrumentals. always my favourite thing, actually, doing instrumentals. And I don't have to sing either, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of follows up from a Quiet Revolution record, which is yeah. samples but instrumentals as well. So, yeah. I thought it was yeah. it's, it was really important. I think there's yeah. three or four on the monotones. That's the one I remember. No time like the noir time. Yeah, that's, well, that's kind of garagey band thing. Yeah. Um, I came up with that about that's about three years old actually. Um, mm. I've had it for ages, and I was probably listening to a lot of um, early White Stripes, probably mm. and Holly Go Lightly stuff or whatever you know, yeah. um, or stompy kind of music. I don't know, you know, garage band stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was important to. Try and get that down yeah. as quick as possible. What were you, what were you playing as a main riff? What what was that? There's sort of riff going through it. I know there's a keyboard. Well, there's, yeah, there's. What is? It? Well, there's there's a stylophone on it. Oh, stop. <laughs> yes, I couldn't. <laughs> um, my wife had bought me yeah. a stylophone for my birthday years ago, so I thought, hey, I'm going <laughs> to use this because I, you know, yeah. I always like using kind yeah. of strange instruments. Not that it's strange. David Bowie used it on mm-hmm. Life on Mars, didn't he? Yeah. Well, we've got the musical saw. We've got a musical oh, saw. We've got the stylophone. <laughs> oh, because I was trying to figure out. I thought that's a really strange riff, you know. And um, yeah. Well, you know, let's hear a bit of it. Let's hear the, the stylophone riff on No Time Like Night. So on the new album, uh, which I do apologise, I forgot to mention, is actually called Refit, Revise and Reprise, which is a great, uh, which is what it is, isn't it? It is, actually. That's you know. it, it, very yeah. apt. So you've actually played most of the instruments. Yeah, I play yeah. virtually, well, all the guitars, of course, bass as well, except for two songs with Brendan, plays oh. bass. Um, yeah, uh, keyboards, 
Um, yeah, the only thing I don't do is drums. Um, the percussions, also by Dave Hattie, who plays drums, and, yeah. and he plays a bit of piano. And Sean Hagen contributes a couple of things as well. And this was all recorded at Press Play Studios in South London? Yeah, well, a lot was done upstairs first, in the loft, yeah. or, on a, or, or copied from ADAT from back in the 90s. So a lot of it was just transferred, a lot was transferred over, actually. Yeah. Because I wanted to keep the sort of feel mm. of the songs. Uh, and then did, we did re-record a couple yeah. of things. I mean, there was a few songs that didn't make it on the album, actually. Three mm. three songs, actually. Um, it just didn't seem to fit. Mm. They were all more, more or less re-recorded. But, um, yeah, tracks, a lot of tracks were done kind of on Garage Band on my Apple Mac, um, which is kind of, you know, basic music program thing. Yeah. Not Logic or anything like that. And then we transferred over. And, you know, at Press Play, Andy Ramsey, mm. who's been stereo up, he's, he owns Press Play Studio. But he's yeah. a great engineer. He actually co-produced it more or less with me. Mm. He was able to mix sounds a bit better, improve them. With filters yeah. and whatever, and well, EQs and stuff. It was interesting why I was sort of asked if it was like more of a band project because the good thing about the album is it doesn't sound that's good I'm like a studio yeah. or a, like you doing your solo stuff in upstairs yeah. or in your loft. It actually sounds like a live record. That's it? great. Good. And I think that's why I was really impressed at how you've done it. You know, and I, that's why I thought, oh, is it just is it a band? Is, is the monster? Yeah. Are you a band recording? So some of the songs sounded really. As though they've just bang, been played out in live in a studio. That's great. Good, good to hear yeah. that. No, thank you. Um, yeah, I wanted to keep it as natural as possible. Um, and I also want to try and keep the original versions as much as possible as well, even if there was a few mistakes and the sound mightn't have been great. But I was, t- t- you know, sometimes fighting with Andy Ramsey about keeping, you know, I want to keep that. It's got to be the same. It's got your... Because a lot of songs are not, in t- you know, on click or anything like that. And Andy would have... He would have kind of, you know, through music logic, you know, music program, you can, you can now make things more in time and all. But I was kind of mm. fighting against him. No, I don't want it to be in time because mm. obviously he wants it to be in time, so he can then edit. Yes, it's easier to edit. Yeah, but it ru- ruins the feel if it's all on kind of metronome click track thing. You know? Yeah, oh, I agree. And I said, some, I mean, some of the tracks, especially you know, like uh, you know, "Don't Let Me Down Now" yeah. and the version of like the compulsion, and they just sound really lovely and well, organic. And again, I don't know. know if you know the com- compulsion. Actually, is um, you probably don't know this is that's the original four track version demo oh, okay. from nineteen eighty nine oh, right. or something that I have on four track. Oh, so, so it's quite it's quite an interesting. Story behind a lot of the, the yeah. not just the songs, but actually oh, yeah. the recordings themselves. You know, they're not just like you go in the studio rewriting, no. recording them. You're actually using some of the I definitely I wanted the material. I wanted, you know, I wanted to, especially for compulsion. I, I always loved that song. It was one, mm. always one of my favorites. But actually, the, that that pet motion did it in Came Crazy, and it's, it, it's one of the really it turned out great. Actually, yeah. Well, I'm surprised that one. You know, I, I just saw. Why did so, I? Re- I just yeah. I, I I just I don't know. Six months ago. I listened to it again on, four, on the four track, and I thought, "Wow, this is really, really charming." There's a real charm about it, even though I'm sort of singing a wee bit out of tune and all. It's just more stripped down again, so I thought, well, "I'm going to put, you know what? I'm going to put this on the record," and I'm glad I did. Well, it's a great way to end the, end the album. It is. It's a nice, kind of gentle, you know, especially after "Don't Let Me Down Now," which yeah. is kind of yeah. in your face. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great version, and again, I, sometimes you always worry, as, as a fan, like I said, that why are they really calling this on this? But I think this this really works well, and like I said, as an album in, in closer, it just it's just a perfect way to end it. And I think I'd like to play that 
um, let's hear your version of compulsion. was interesting it's been designed by Bruce Brand yes um, his art hole art hole retro graphics yes. is it? and Bruce Brand obviously drumming with Masonics and many, countless many I can't I'd need my own podcast yeah just he's, for, for Bruce I know a drummer of many bands yeah fantastic drummer yeah Bruce and Mary his, his partner they they, yeah. they they did the the cover for the record yeah. I sort of came up with the idea and they enhanced it but they did a yeah. brilliant they did a great yeah. great, great beautiful yeah. really great yeah. Looks looks good actually. Yeah. It features different photos of you throughout the years. Yes, it's a, <laughs> you haven't yeah. changed. It did. <laughs> well, luckily, basically, okay. I'll, I'll I'll come clean here. It's it's copied from a Val Dunigan record um, called uh, "He Rocks But Gently." And it's, it's really <laughs> great. Very, yeah, great title. <laughs> he rocks but gently. Get it, rocking chair. Um, so it's kind of it's very similar, um, and it's a montage of pictures of. A Val singing live, whatever. Yeah. But I thought, well, I'll copy that, but I'll put different pictures of me over different eras because it ties in with the title Refit, Revise, Reprise. Mm. So, you know, it's so, yeah. you know, back in the early days of Undertones and then Petrels, different eras in the Petrels, and then now present day and yeah. Undertones. So it, it kind of, yeah, it just it looks kind of, looks good. And the back cover, by the way, it was mm. back cover picture was taken by Rosa. Rosa O'Neill, upstairs. Oh, right, yes. My yes. Da- our daughter. He also features, they also features vocals. and backup vocals on two tracks, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope you're paying a, a standard <laughs> <edition>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which has done a great job. Done a great she's, job. She's done a great job. Yeah, you must be very proud. So, we are. We're yeah. very proud. And going back to Press Play Studios, um, myself and photographer Paul Slattery went down to visit of course you did. Um, yes. Press Play when Ebert Lundberg was over yes. um, doing our gig at the Halfman Putney, his debut gig. That's the X soundtrack of a live singer, and he was. This was an intriguing one as well, which I was surprised at first. Probably not, not so much now. Um, now I've sort of chatted to you about the ambient side of your music and what you like. But um, Ebert was involved in this project um, called Five Billion in Diamonds, which was sort of started off by James Grillo and Butch Vig, you know, the mm-hmm. garbage drummer and Nevermind producer. And this is a real collection of. Um, disparate people from all over the place and, and you were involved in this yeah. this is a very it started it's more like a trip hop ambient album yeah. when you were involved in that but yeah. it's not again it wasn't what you would imagine a, no it's not a, on the toes this is guitars <laughs> by Damien O'Neill and you're thinking, no, can, uh, yeah, how did you get involved with that well I know James Matthews who's also in 5 billion diamonds he's essential part of it um, I'm not we've Actually, we the Undertones played James Matthews' 40th and 50th birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> so we're good friends over the years, you know. And James um, just invited me down to the studio in Bristol. Mm. I've got a great studio down there to, you know, to come up with a few guitar things for a couple of songs. And I jumped at the chance. And they sent me the songs, that were, you know, and, and I worked on it. I always like to do my homework first mm. and came up with a few nice things and went down Brought my lovely Gretsch guitar and did it yeah. in a day. I'm really pleased that I'm on actually on two tracks. Yes, on that's, album. Great, that's great. And, and as I said, it's uh, it's it's a great record, and I, we we've done a lot of work with it. I mean, Paul took some pictures of Ever and and James Grillo and um, Matt James Matthews, James Grillo and Andy down at the studio, uh, and we had a, we had a great afternoon down there. You know, yeah. I mean, we took us about an hour to find. <laughs> Place, you know, but, but, but it was nice. South Bermans. Yeah, and he and he was at, and this was at, what we didn't realize is this actually he was Ebert was recording for the next version. So they're, so they're going to think yeah. about doing another one. So. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're actually I think they're halfway through. It, yeah, the recording because they were in Los Angeles because mm. obviously Butch lives in Los Angeles. They were over over Christmas. They were all over. Yeah, doing about four or five songs. Yeah, are you going to be involved with that? No, they haven't asked me yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, so <laughs> maybe they wanted some of the undertones. The yeah, maybe they weren't happy with yeah. it. No, I'm, I'm sure they weren't. I, they they were delighted. <laughs> well, actually, they were, they were yeah. really delighted. <laughs> and you, uh, Ebert was telling us that you did a you, you performed with. Yes, him, like that was for James star, James Matthews' fiftieth birthday. Yeah. We did a couple of well, actually, we did soundtrack your your live song. Oh. Which was oh, Sister Surround. Sister Surround. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> yeah. Great song. We did a great version actually. It was really I'd love to have heard that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was recorded or anything. Mm. But um yeah, Evan, what a guy. Well yeah. great frontman, great singer. Because yeah. you came along to our gig that we put on for him at yes, the, uh, that was the great. Leaves, you know, and it was nice to see you there and I had um, the, well, there was Buddy in the Ford and Lees, your friend from the Chords, who um, I recently did a a podcast with as well and yep. you know he's lots of stories about the undertones <laughs> he remembers more than I do you know. <laughs> yeah but I think with, with Ebert um, he's a great guy and I, I, I was so pleased that you know two of my favourite artists were, were together on a track and one of the tracks which I think they released as a sort of lead single off, off the album um, was, a, was a brilliant track called Gravity Rules and so here is yeah. you and Ebert um, on the same record <laughs>
So, David, what, what are you planning next? Are you, um, are you planning a volume two? I mean, there's, a lot, there's a lot more songs you're not happy with that you want to go back and <laughs> yeah. No, I promise. I, I think I've done that with. I'm not going to re- revisit any old stuff anymore. Um, uh, what's next? I don't know. Um, there is, I mean, there's three tracks I didn't put on that are pretty good, actually, that, that didn't make it on the record. Um, there's also, as I mentioned earlier, at this track called Energy that me and John wrote for the Re-Energized play, which could fit in nicely some new material, so a new, new record or whatever. So I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Um, could I'm, you release it as a, as a single, maybe, or something? Well, like a vinyl single? I could do. Like so the great thing is... Now that I've got my own label, Dimple Discs, I could do whatever I want. I'm a record mogul. Yeah, but then you've got to pay, you're the one who has to pay the royalties. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's not good, yeah. is it? it doesn't work. Or you have to sign other bands, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> it means I have to pay them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and what about the response have you, have you got from people so far? Of it? So far, is so it good. Encouraging? Um, yeah. Um, my best, a lot of my best, my Kevin and Brendan love it. My best friends, Brendan Kelly and Kevin Shergy up in Ambleside. Um, I always go by them as, you know, if they, they would honestly tell me if they, did, if they mm. thought it was, you know, a bit patchy. They, they both love the record. So that's great. Um, Brian O'Neill, my friend Brian's helped me with the record and he loves it as well. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, um, I've, you know, I've got no expectations, you know, a big regret if it, if I got a couple of radio plays, yeah. be nice if six music play one of the tracks, yeah. whatever here and here and there, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, um, it was something I just needed to do. Yeah. I've been wanting to do it for years, um, get it off my chest, and uh, yeah, then move on. Yeah, move on to something else. Because yeah. I mean, you've got a lot, a lot there at the moment. Because you obviously, with last year, we had the Undertones 40th anniversary mm-hmm. tour, so you're busy doing that, and yep. then you had the um, Everlasting Year. Yep. which again is on a bit of a break at the moment so there's lots of things that you you, I yeah. you must be busy so just trying to find the time to get it all well, we're, together yeah everlasting I'm on a bit of sabbatical at the moment so obviously nothing's happening there um, undertones they don't know if we're going to be doing as much this year as we were last year so mm-hmm. so actually I've got looks like I do have more free time so may I should yeah buckle knuckle under and mm. get things done again I mean, are you considering going out on the road with this? Are you Good getting question. a band together? Um, Maybe a Retroman blog gig, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was possible. Um, yes, I'm, I'm seriously considering it. Uh, the problem there is <laughs> I have to sing live. Yeah. I, mean, I love playing guitar live, but different ball game. You're, you're the f- sort of front man. But yeah. I'm willing to give it a try. What, what I'm going to do is try and get a band together. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Brent. I, was, I want to use Brendan on bass, but Brendan's not too well at the moment. Then um, try rehearsal rehearsals. Yeah. So see how that goes. And if it, that bodes well, then if it turns out okay, then I'll mm. definitely start doing a few shows here now. Mm. How do you think you'd feel? I mean, is it, is it a confidence thing of going out as a? Because obviously, being a, a, the, yeah. a guitarist on the side, it's and, totally a confidence thing because I've yeah. never done it before. Mm. I've never sung live. I mean, even, I even found it. Really difficult singing live in the studio, mm. you know. Um, it's a whole different ball game. It yeah. actually made me respect lead singers more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so difficult. Yeah, to 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 perform. You almost like you have to mm. become this different persona, especially whatever whatever lyrics you're yeah. singing. You know, it's like acting. Well, yeah, I, I, that's a good point, isn't it? It's actually getting out there. I mean, I, and often I find, do you find this if if this does happen with a 
person that's always been in the shadow of a, of a strong front man or as a guitarist or a bass player. So I'm mean, trying to do a solo project, you know, it's, it's just the confidence of going out there yeah. and performing in your own right, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, it takes balls to do it. Mm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually quite shy yeah. personally, you know. Really? So Although on stage, I, I, you know, I love being on stage and yeah. performing, whatever, you know. But you get a great buzz out of that. It's not like I want to hide in the back. Mm. Whereas our John would, you know, John, yeah. John, John's very shy, very. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. It takes a lot, but I think it, the good thing about the album, as I said, it, it, it does sound very much like a live album that it, it could be performed live. It definitely could. Yeah. The, the songs are there to, to do live for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe some of the instrumentals, the mellow ones, yeah, might be tricky. I yeah. don't think we could do that because there's yeah. vibes and vibe performance yeah. and stuff, and you can't really do it live unless you got lots. of... You get a vibe player in, which is like... Or you get a musical sword player. Or you get a... <laughs> <laughs> the well, stylophone the, player, you know. Or a stylophone player. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'd probably do the faster songs. This, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be interesting. I, I think you'd, there'd be a lot of goodwill there. Oh, definitely. You know, I think that's a good um, thing, isn't it? I think you've, got, you've built up a lot of goodwill, and, and I think people would be... would. I think you'd get a lot of support from a crowd, you know. Oh, definitely there'd be... There'd be Singing along, and you might not be able to, you might be able to get away with it, especially on the songs like the covers of your own songs. <laughs> You've got a ready-made backing vocal choir in front of you. Don't you? you know. um, yeah, I think you know if I did it, it would a lot of people would be interested. A lot of undertones, Petrels fans definitely would yeah. come and see it. So that's why it's got to be good, though. You know, yeah. I just want to make sure it's it's yeah, you know. Value for money. <laughs> well, it's definitely value for money, especially if you go to the Pledge Music site, which I'll repeat, www.pledgemusic.com forward slash projects forward slash Damien O'Neill. So, you know, and I, as I said, it's, it's a great record and I'm, I'm really pleased to uh, to hear it and, and good luck with it. And let's let's hope that, we, you. Uh, that you do get to play live, even if you've got like guest singers or something. <laughs> <laughs> God, no, no, if, yeah, no, I'd have to do it. I couldn't, you know, you couldn't get guest singers. No, it wouldn't be the same. wouldn't be the same. No, it wouldn't be the same. Well, thank you very much, Damien. That's, uh, Thanks, Damien. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, thank, thank you very much for, for um, taking the time today to talk to us. And um, so don't forget, check out the blog, www.retromanblog.com, and we'll do a, a link to the podcast. And it's always up on iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. Uh, but check out the blog and we'll put um, links to all the, the um, Pledge Music sites and some bit more background to the album as well. And don't forget our That Petrol Emotion Everlasting Year podcast with um, Kieran, Raymond and Damien, which is a, a great mammoth listen if you're a big fan of That Petrol Emotion. And, of course, Everlasting Year, you've got the whole story. And it's um, well worth uh, uh, well worth listening to. So um, pick a track from, from the album... Damien, that you, you want to play us out on? Um, um, a I've, song that you really... Okay. Um, I think my favourite... It's not a song, it's just one of the instrumentals. Mundania Dream. I mostly recorded upstairs, actually, and uh, up in the loft. And it's just... If it's There's a really lovely feel to it, and it flows really well. And um, I'd love to do a great video for this, actually. Yeah. Um, sort of a ether- very ethereal kind of song, yeah. and... It's, it's, yeah, it's out of all of them, that's my favourite. Great. And this features... This a features Glockenspiel? Show, Glockens, uh, it to, a a toy Glockenspiel. Right, yeah. It is a Glockenspiel. <laughs> it is, but it's, it's tiny. It's a toy one. Um, it's got vibes. 
vibraphone, which is real vibes, actually, which I've got yeah. secondhand vibes I got from years ago. Oh, cool. Um, it's got a lo- lot of great, lovely guitars. It's probably my favourite guitar one as well. Yeah. And uh, what else? Um, yeah, it's... And Sean O'Hagan's on it as well. Doing yeah. little bits and bleeps and bobs and all. And it's, yeah. It just turned out great. Well, let's hear it. Let's, um, let's play, us, uh, play out the podcast with Mundanian Dream. And that is taken from... The great album by Damien O'Neill and the Monotones called Refit, Revise, Reprise. So here it is. And thanks very much again, Damien. You're welcome. Thanks, Steve. The little extra, the uh, Undertones rehearsal track that we were talking about, uh, is actually a bonus on the vinyl LP only. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not available on the the CD, so apologies that we forgot to mention that uh, during our chat. (laughs) 